one of the major debates, I guess, in the study of the Hebrew Bible is this. Did Moses see the face of God or didn't he? In today's first reading, God clearly tells Moses, you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. But in the verse right before today's reading, it says that the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, as one speaks to a friend. It's no wonder then that the passage scheduled for today leaves this verse out. On the face of it, Exodus chapter 33 confronts us with a major discrepancy. In one verse, God reportedly speaks to Moses face to face, but then a few verses later, God refuses to show Moses his face. So did Moses see the face of God or not? Here's one explanation that I find more and more convincing. From the perspective of God's people, it seemed like Moses had a face-to-face relationship with God. But from Moses' own point of view, God's face remained hidden. Over the past few Sundays, we've heard stories about how the people used Moses as a go-between instead of dealing with God directly themselves. While God delivered to Moses the Ten Commandments on a mountaintop, the people just watched the thunder and lightning, they heard the sound of a trumpet, and they saw the mountain smoking. They stood at a distance and told Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. In the verses before today's passage, the people developed a system for Moses to speak to God in a tent. It's a lot easier than tracking down Mount Sinai and climbing climbing a mountain every time you want to talk to God. Better to have a, a tent. The people would watch Moses enter the tent while they stood outside. They'd see a pillar of cloud station itself at the tent's entrance, and they assumed that the presence of God was within. When describing this communication process, that's when the scripture tells us, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, as one speaks to a friend. But can we really trust these people's point of view? They want to delegate to Moses all responsibility for talking to God. They're too afraid to do it themselves. And they just assume from a distance that all is well and good and friendly and intimate between Moses and God. But really, Moses and God debate and argue. They don't always see eye to eye. From a distance, it may have looked like Moses and God spoke face to face. But from up close, we see that Moses didn't see God's face at all. It's easy to think that our more holy friends, or the people with the front pew seat, some of whom are here today, or maybe even the person with the microphone, have a closer view of God's face. More divine connection, more divine insight. But I can definitely say that's not true. Just in the past few days, the loss of family friends' homes to wildfire in California, where I'm from, and another friend's cancer diagnosis, leave me like Moses today, questioning God's purposes and God's presence. It leaves me with not much to say about God's purposes or God's presence today, I just don't know. That's why I'm so grateful that this community doesn't delegate our insights and conversations about God. I've been reading the morning reflections from members of our community most days in the past few weeks. So the morning reflections are the regular email 
uh, reflection from people at St. Paul's about the daily scripture readings. Here's a sampling of what I've learned day by day from these reflections. I've learned to feel simple gratitude for the days when I didn't face too much trouble. I've learned to model faith in God on the simple ways that we trust other people daily. To see the bravery of first century martyrs in a 21st century man facing execution. To witness in a 50-year marriage the hard and never-ending work of love. And to speak to God without holding anything back, even if that means complaining about other people we think of as fools. Some of you may recognize these insights from the emails or even as your own words. These reflections are daily reminders to me and to many of us that we all see something of God. And it's much more fulfilling to see God from the perspectives of others than to strain like Moses to see God's glory all by ourselves. These reflections also remind me of the value in what God does reveal to Moses in today's reading. At first, Moses names all that he does not know of God. Moses doesn't know who God will send to accompany on him on his mission. He doesn't know whether he has any special favor with God, whether God's presence will be with him, and what God's glory looks like. But here's what God will show Moses. Moses will see God's goodness, the palm of God's hand covering him, and God's back after he has passed by. And that's what most of us glimpse of God in different ways. We get to see God's goodness, moments of graciousness and mercy that take us by surprise. We may get to see God's hand, a kind of tenderness that shelters us from time to time. The Hebrew word used for hand in this passage is different than the usual word for hand. It refers to the tender inside part of the hand, the part that holds objects. So some translators uh, opt for calling it the palm. Not our translator today, but others. In any case, that's, part of, that's the part of God's hand that he uses to shelter Moses. And lastly, God promises to show Moses his back. Sometimes seeing God's back is a negative experience. The feeling that God has turned his back on us, let us down, shut us out, or passed us by. But even that feeling can be part of our experience of God. In other ways, seeing God's back means recognizing in hindsight the ways that our lives have been affected by God's presence after all. Most of the time, most of us won't understand God at all in terms of direct purposes or a transparent presence. Instead, we'll be like Moses, just getting glimpses of goodness, tenderness, and hindsight. But when we learn to share with each other these many glimpses of God, we start to see something like glory. Amen.